<laughs> I'm sorry. I just, hi, everyone. Someone just wrote in chat, Biden, wherever he is, he's not all there. Yes, that is true. Welcome to Go Feffy Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter, and I'm joined by Carrie from an undisclosed location. There she is. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Carter. How are you? All right. I'm sitting down today. I don't feel like standing uh, happy... up. Uh, I'm kind of far away from the camera, but it's okay. Happy Monday. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. Happy Monday. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, if it's your first time here, this is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays, and it does run kind of long because we go through all the super chats. So you're in for an hour at least if you want to hang out. But you can leave any time. Hey, and also you may not um, leave if you want to be a part of our book club. <laughs> yeah, you can. We have book club coming up on. Uh, we have two two books that we've already picked, so you can get a head start on the next one if you want. We're currently reading a nonfiction. We're reading Charles Murray's. Human diversity, and then the book after that that we're going to do is C.S. Lewis, The Screw Tape Letters. Yep. And if you want to, and you can find show, out info. Oh, yep. You can you go can to unsafespace.com. Yes. Slash what book? I don't know. There's a book club link there that's got all the info that Carrie wants to mention, and there's a link there that has says donate uh, or support or whatever, and you can donate to the show. You can use fiat. You can use cryptocurrency. You can go to subscribe star. Uh, I don't know. All that stuff. Um, also just a note for people in chat. So for people asking me about the corn thing, I don't know anything about the corn thing. That's not a thing. I don't know what it is. So it's a ninja thing. It's ninja kitty's own little world that he's in. I don't know what the corn thing is. Um, so you don't have to know the corn thing to be here. Cause I don't know. I don't think Carrie knows. I don't, I don't so. know it either. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome. We, um, we had an interesting, I've been on a a road trip. That's why I haven't been in my normal location for these. And it's coming, it's winding down. I'm almost back. And uh, it's been really fun. It's been nice going to other parts of the country. I'll tell you guys, if you're looking to get out, especially in these crazy times and go on a road trip, Idaho was amazing. Montana was amazing. Uh, I met one of our viewers in Montana in Bozeman. Bozeman was probably my favorite. Bozeman, they have beautiful hikes. There's a natural springs you can go to, which is just so relaxing. And it was, I don't know, Wyoming was great too. Uh, Any place without maps is what you're states. recommending. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Boulder, Colorado was great because I got to see Nicole of the Mountain People, but Boulder, Colorado is, there's a lot of mascals there. Oh, really? <laughs> so, okay. Just be prepared. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> What happened? I guess the last couple of days, Carrie. I don't know if have you been not. Uh, you don't pay attention to the news at all while you're traveling. Is it hard to do? What's, what um, have you been? Yeah, we have been loosely, and I've been I've been paying attention to some of it, and I've been watching some documentaries. Again, I'm anyone who hasn't seen the Uncle Tom documentary, you can go get it at UncleTom.com. It was really well done. I saw that one during the trip, and a few others. Um, but uh, why? What happened in the what happened this weekend? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Just there's always stuff. Uh, riots in Lancaster, some uh, shooting of cops in Compton, uh, which I guess, which now that I say in Compton makes it sound kind of normal. Uh, but it's not. It's not normal. What happened? I saw that. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, they they shot two cops. One of them a mother, who has a six year old. Yeah. Some in guy fact, stepped in front of their car and just uh, just. Uh, open fired on them and shot them. And then BLM protesters blocked the entrance to the emergency room and were chanting, we hope they die. Yep. 
So, but you could, this person, it's kind of grainy, but they just walk right up. There's nothing going on. There's no context. They just walk up and execute or try to execute cops. They just walk up, police sheriffs sitting in their vehicle and they run away. There's bailout or there's a, a warrant out for this person's arrest or I think a hundred thousand dollar reward or something for information because the person's still on the loose. Yeah. They, um, Carrie, they, they blocked the emergency room, but they also, so they protested. They also blocked the emergency room, and like the the police had to to tweet out, um, "Do not block emergency entries and exits to the hospital. People's lives are at stake when ambulances can't get through. They don't care. They're yelling at. They were yelling at the cop families. We hope they die. Um, so and they were yelling at the other cops who were there. You're next. Yeah. And you know, I saw Constantine Kissin. If you guys aren't familiar with him, he has a show called Trigonometry that's amazing. We we've had him on the show before. One of it was a really great interview with him. Um, but I saw him. He posted about it, and he just said all that was necessary to say, which is, do you still believe? Do you still believe that this is about justice? It was never about justice. I, yeah. But but there are some people who yeah. believed that. Did they still believe that? When you see stuff like this happening and you see the protesters blocking the entrance so that this these cops, one of whom is a mother, can't get the emergency services they need and are chanting, we hope you die. There's something wrong with those human something wrong with those human beings who are doing that. And I think there's something wrong with you if you still make apologies for it or justify it or try to pretend like this is some anomaly, that this isn't built into the movement into the belief system. I was for BLM. Anyone that doesn't know my background, I was a social I was into social justice for 20 years. I preached it. I was a, I was loud about it. Um I was part of BLM. I posted BLM things. The thing that started to wake me up, one of the things was when they at the BLM rally in Dallas when the guy killed six police officers. And they did the same thing back then that they're trying to do now. They tried to say, this is an anomaly. This is not BLM. This is a lone shooter. It -hmm. just happened to have occurred at the BLM protest. It's not a part of it. But at the same time, that was what they said officially, right? Don't tie this with BLM. just Just because it happened at a BLM rally, don't tie it with BLM. Just because we chant things like death to cops, don't tie it to BLM. Right. At the same time, those people in my echo chamber were tacitly supporting it and even making jokes about it and about how more cops need to die. They were gleeful about it. So don't pretend that this is some anomaly that's not part of the movement. This is the movement. This is not a bug. It's a feature of BLM. And if you're one of those well-intentioned people who are still out there, post you ignorant, naive, clueless people who are posting I support Black Lives because Matter because I believe Black Lives Matter. First of all, a, a woman did this to me this weekend. First of all, you're a moron. Everyone believes Black Lives Matter. Uh, how how ridiculous and absurd for you to say that as if anybody who disagrees with this movement doesn't believe that Black people matter. That's that's retarded. <laughs> like, well, it's that's we intentional. That's intentional so that they can accuse you of being a racist if you don't agree with them. But yes. Right. But step back from it for a second. Like, what world are you living in where you believe that the majority of Americans don't think black people matter? That's that's ridiculous. 
Everyone believes that. And so that's not a good enough reason to support this movement. They have, oh, such clever naming that they can fool a moron like you into supporting them. You have to support something that's named that to show that you believe that. That's retarded. I like that um, you're using the word retarded derogatorily, and I commend you for this. Um, <laughs> you've come over to the dark side. <laughs> I look, I carry, I side. don't, I don't disagree with you. However, I will just say like, I look at this and I looked at the video of that guy screaming, um, we hope they die or whatever outside of the emergency room. And, uh, all I could think of was what I've been saying a lot lately, which is like, this isn't a belief system. This is psychological dysfunction. This, these are people who are just psychologically unhinged. There is something wrong with them. Uh, I think actually we've created a culture so that we can uh, embellish what's wrong with people rather than help them cure. So there's there's people who are just doubling down on their own psychological dysfunction, being encouraged to be psychologically dysfunctional, being encouraged to just uh, go with whatever their emotions are in any given moment and everything's justified and they're just having temper tantrums. They're literally children. I mean, and that's actually derogatory against children. I don't, like, children aren't all like that. They're poorly raised children who are screaming and having temper tantrums and wanting to kill people now because now they're adults and the language changes and their violence escalates from a kid having a temper tantrum to a kid throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, and, like, that's all that this is. There's no philosophy to debate. There's no ideas here. There's nothing, like, it's completely bankrupt of any kind of idea. It's completely bankrupt of any kind of, like philosophy that's even worth talking about. It's completely morally bankrupt. There is no argument here. Zero, zip, zilch, nada, nothing. There's no moral argument here. It is just insanity. That's all it is. And yeah, there's apologists who come around and try and cite things like, oh, here's some moral justification uh, wrapped up in some academia. But that's not what the movement itself is about. And by the way, that's all bull crap, all the, the rapping. But look at the people involved in it. Look at the people on the ground screaming and yelling that they want people to die, walking up to uh, – as much as you don't like cops, you don't walk up to two people sitting in a in a car doing nothing and execute them or attempt to execute them. That's the mentality of this group. Uh, it's not to be taken seriously as if, like, this is an alternate viewpoint that we need to debate and compromise on. These people are disgusting and they need to be shut down. I'm sorry. I'm like – and you don't, and you know, uh, two quick things. One, because I don't want to lose this comment. It's not That's a super fine. chat, but I saw this scroll by. Angie said, they love taking advantage of the mentally ill. When I was in SJW, I was in the pits mentality. Angie, I am right there with you, sister. Like, I was not my best self when I was in social justice. And I got, I became progressively worse. And I, I have friends who are still in it who I'm talking like the worst mental health issues that just keep seemingly keep getting worse like they don't seem to be getting better and i know this because they put it all out there on social media for you to right. see it encourages mental health issues first of all antifa which is a social justice organization antifa in austin on their website says go to the mental hospitals go to the mental mental health facilities at ut austin and recruit, recruit people they know they know that recruiting mentally ill people is a good tactic and secondly they convince you to stay, and this ideology tells you that your mental health problems make you one of the oppressed. And it's good to be one of the oppressed in this ideology because they view the world as a struggle for power between different 
different identity groups and all everybody's put into these categories. You know, you're either oppressed or you're the oppressor. And if you're, uh, let's say you're a white man, you're in two oppressor groups. Oh my gosh. Well, how can you be in an oppressed group? You can make your mental health issues, your identity. Now you're in an oppressed group, mental health justice, right? Then it becomes your identity and they keep you in it. And you don't have much incentive to leave because this is how you show that you get oppression points. This is how you get a greater voice in the ideology. So you are totally right, Angie. They 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 recruit people of mental health problems and they encourage those problems to get worse. And yep. they and they grow them. They grow them in people who don't even have them to begin with. They grow the mental health issues. Just look so at Twitter it, profiles. And, and there's a reason. It. Yeah, there's a reason that it says Peter's Twitter profile says, you know, anxiety disorder, this disorder, that disorder, bipolar disorder. There's a reason they list all that crap. Yeah. It's a ba- they're badges. It's their they're, identity. They're badges. They're like they're trophies from the Girl Scouts or whatever. Like that's what they're they're wearing yeah. their patches on their sleeve. That's what they look at me. Yeah. I have 14 different mental illnesses. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly exactly right. The the other thing I was going to say is just about BLM again. If you're one of these ignorant people, these clueless people, I had a woman in a group. Okay, this is a local group. And this schmuck in the group, this white guy, of course, painted his car with Black Lives Matter all on it, spray painted his own car and then painted, hand painted the names of black people who have died at the hands of police. And the funny thing is that first he posted the pictures and said, has anybody seen this car around town? And people (laughs) were responding. Right, right, right. And then the next day he posts and says, hey, guess what? The car is mine. Right. And like, oh, crescendoing applause. The car is yours. And then he got in the news for it and everything. And, uh, of course, he shared the news article. Look, I made the news. Like, I care so much about black lives. I painted my car. And it made me think of the joke. My wife's boyfriend really likes it. Sorry, that was rude. Yeah, my wife's boyfriend. Really. Well, we were we were joking on this on this road trip. Uh, we were in I forget what city we were in. It, it might have been somewhere in Idaho. We met a uh, we met some guys or a family who had two dogs, and th- these guys would probably maybe I'm just guessing, but they're maybe on the right, maybe conservatives, and their dogs were named Liberty and Justice. And we Definitely were, on and the as right. we walked yes. away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as we walked away, we were kind of laughing and we were imagining a comedy sketch where people just virtue signal their beliefs and their dog names. Like like if we had said, oh, oh, really? Well, this is my dog. Black Lives Matter. And <laughs> my dog's Brianna and Taylor. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is, yeah, Brianna and Taylor. And then and then we imagined somebody saying, oh, really? You named your dog Black Lives Matter? Well, this is my son, Black Lives Matter. (laughs) 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 Like white people. And my daughter, white fragility. Yes. (laughs) And my daughter, white fragility. As soon as we envisioned this comedy scenario, this guy shows up to bring it to life in my local group. (laughs) Like, this is my car. Let me introduce you to my car, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> um, and so so in the comments, there was this well-intentioned white woman who uh, in our little Texas town where they're trying to – first of all, they're trying to bring national issues to this town and they're not making it local at all. But secondly, uh, those national issues are skewed. The, the narrative this woman believes is not true. She, If she watches the news, she believes that black people are being killed 
constantly by police. And that's just not the studies and the data do not bear that out. But nobody, somebody like her is not going to go look at the data and see if this is true. And so she posted something about, you know, I support Black Lives Matter because I'm a white person who who cares about black people. I, I said, BLM is a Marxist organization. Okay. So I don't support it. You can support black people without supporting black lives. In fact, in fact, I don't support Black Lives Matter because I care about black people and black lives. And Black Lives Matter does not. Black Lives Matter is pushing. You can go to their website. They believe in the destruction of the nuclear family. They have a, there's a lot of issues with that group, just aside from them being Marxist. And she said, well, that may be true. They may be Marxist. I don't know. But I support them because newsflash, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it just comes back to the same. It becomes back to that guy who was like, explaining Antifa the other day. They don't understand that it's anti-fascist. They don't understand that it's Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The problem is that we don't understand the uh, words that are put together. Thank you for explaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. They may, in fact, Sorry. I know I, Hitler started calling himself Black Lives Matter. So you just might not understand. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, but underneath they're Marxist. Well, that may be, but their name is Black Lives Matter. Do you understand that? That's Matter. why I support them. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's so stupid. I'm yeah, glad you vote. Hitler had named, yeah. Okay, so Hitler Hitler actually wrote about social justice. You can yes. go and find quotes from him about social justice. And um, I learned this. I don't know about you, Carter, but I learned this back when we interviewed Samuel Say. Samuel Say is a, a Christian yep. who writes about social justice from a biblical perspective. And he highlighted the fact that Hitler was for social justice. And he used the term in the same way they use it. And in fact, you can take some of his speeches. And if you change Jew to white man, it would it would fly today, probably <laughs> It'd be the same so, thing. Yeah. Uh, what if he had what if he had been clever enough to call his evil to call his evil Black Lives Matter, you know, or oh, Jewish Lives if Matter? he was honestly, if he was unsuccessful, they'd probably be calling themselves Nazis because we wouldn't know what the name means. And National Socialist yeah. is like a fine name for them, and they would be probably using it. The only reason they're not using it is because it was tainted because, you know, he got popular and then we fought a war. And so now now that word is tainted, just like they don't talk yeah. about Stalin uh, or we don't talk about, the, the you know, 100 million deaths of communism. We don't talk about stuff that makes the left look bad. So, you know, we only talk about stuff that makes the non-left, and I don't think Hitler was actually on the right, I don't like the right-left dichotomy there anyway, but whatever. You know, authoritarian of the wrong flavor. Okay, well, we'll that, that, guy's, that guy's bad. But authoritarians of the right flavor, they're all about that. They're all about those authoritarians. They're all about that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you for allowing me this. There was a lot on my mind as a result of the guy in my neighborhood with a Black Lives Matter car. No, I just, good. every time he posts about it, because he continually posts about it, I want to pin a trophy on him, like, here's your white allied trophy, dude. Like, oh gosh, here you are again. Look at I my know. car. I know. <laughs> well, the other the other okay. uh, BLM thing that happened, I guess, this weekend was, uh, and by the way, I, I'm getting crap for this in chat about saying Lancaster instead of Lancaster. Uh, I'm mostly doing that because I know Beverly really wants me to say Lancaster. People, people from Pennsylvania don't like when you say Lancaster. It's, it's apparently it's Lancaster. Anyway, uh, uh, a guy was shot. This, this is one of the, Carrie. This is one of those. It's like again, just revealing about the mentality of the people that want to riot. So uh, over the weekend, there was they in in, in Lancaster. They smashed 
windows of cars and broken, like, uh, smashed windows into a police station, attacked a police station, lit fires, general rioting, because um, a cop killed a guy. Of course, a black guy. So, but there's no, there's body cam footage of this. The guy, maybe see, you might even have the, the guy literally, uh, this is one of those things where it's like, I, I don't know how dumb people have to be, but okay. So I'm going to show you a picture and I'm going to, I'm going to describe what was happening. Okay. So here's the guy that was killed. <clears throat> this is a long kitchen knife being held in his hand here. I don't know if you can see it very well, but you can you can see it on the video. This is a body cam footage. So 911 received a call. The caller said that her brother was reportedly becoming aggressive with his mother and attempting to break into her house. A cop showed up. He goes to the door. A woman opens the door. He talks to her. And then this dude bolts out of the house, wielding a knife, running after the cop, trying, like, waving his knife at the cop, screaming at him. So the cop runs away, but the cop wasn't running fast enough and turned around and shot this guy before he actually stabbed him with this knife here. It's a long, wow. you can see it's a long kitchen knife. That's what they're rioting over. That's this asshole who is dead is the guy that they're rioting over. This asshole. Wow. This guy. I, I can't believe that. Yes. I mean, can. I can. <laughs> But look at that picture that says everything and they're writing. This is like that example we talked about a few weeks ago of the guy who took a machete into a laundromat and started hacking oh. women mm -hmm. yep. and then ran out in the street and the cops were pursuing him and a crowd of protesters tried to interfere and tried to stop the cops from arresting him. Yep. Not knowing what he had done, but that's the whole point. You don't know what the people have done. And then in retrospect, when you do know, you're still out there on the streets trying to justify this. You know, you can look at this photo and still try to justify what you're doing. Because the thing is, they have so few, the narrative they're selling is a lie. There are not very many black people or white people for that matter killed unarmed by police nope. in awful, unjustified situations every year. There's just not. You could count on one hand. I'm sure how many were unarmed because even the number of unarmed, I think it was nine unarmed black men in 2019 and the number for white men was higher. Um, but even within those numbers, if you look at the individual situations, which there's an, I think it, um, there was an, uh, we should find the link, but there was a news article I read where they went through every situation of an unarmed person being killed in 2019. They, once you hear the context, you're like, oh, well, it makes sense why that guy, why that escalated into lethal force. Right. Um, so some of those even are justified. And so the numbers are so, so, so small that they, they, they don't have anything to prop up this false narrative with. So if something like this happens with a guy with a knife uh, trying to attack a police officer or the guy with the machete, they will take it. They'll take it because they don't have enough examples. Well, I mean, they don't, I mean, yeah, they don't care. This this is the evidence that they just don't care. They just want to riot. They just want to tear the system down. And so whatever, they, they don't, they, this isn't about, this is why when you're like, when you said that Hitler used the term social justice the same way, I was thinking to myself, yeah, because there's only one way to use the term social justice. <laughs> like, if you're not talking about this crap, you're, you use the word justice. 
Justice is what's applied to individuals. Social justice is what's used to undermine actual justice and apply it to some stupid political social movement that you want to do that justifies violence for whatever your means are. That's what social justice is. Granted, I, I get that it was invented by a Catholic priest and, and whatever to, I, I get that, but like, Social justice is a corruption of the word justice. That's all it is. So of course it's going to be used this way because that's the only way to use it. No one has to say, uh, this person stole my wallet and I would like it back. Therefore, I want social justice. No, that's just justice. Like just when, you do, when you do things that are wrong and you pay for them, that's just justice. That's not social justice. The whole the whole concept's not even It's how necessary. Notice how they put modifiers in front of it. Sometimes in words they're trying to corrupt, they use modifiers. And so they all, will, all the time. Uh, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the, knitters, the knitters know that on when the social justice t like blossomed and just basically exploded in the online world, they started using radical kindness to mean bullying and harassment mm -hmm. and name calling and calling people things that they're not to harass them and intimidate them. They started calling people Nazis and white nationalists and all these things. And they and they were harassing them and going after their business and trying to get their businesses closed. And they called this radical kindness. Hey, if it were about kindness, as you're, to your point, Carter, you don't need to put radical in front of it. They're big on adjectives, yeah. right? Because adjectives can change. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's how you make a neologism that's, that sounds good, but it is covers for whatever else it is that you want. Right. And so, yeah, um, there you go. That's what they do. Let's do some super chats because we're going to fall behind and we did a good job of keeping up last week. And I don't want to I don't want to fall behind. So Andrew Joyner, thank you, Andrew. Helper's running out to get coffee. Good. Good luck getting some coffee and come back. Nice. Okay. Uh, what's Carrie eating? I don't know. That's a Carrie question. Blueberries. OK, there you go. Blueberries are nutritious and delicious. <laughs> Sponsored Sorry. by <laughs> blueberries. <laughs> Sponsored by some Brought farmer dude who gave us blueberries. All right. Um, Keith, the hat guy, would like to point out that it's Lancaster, PA, not Lancaster. Lancaster. I want to call it Lancaster because I want to. Wait till I do Wooster. You're going to love that one. All right. Um, let's see. Sorry. Digital Man says it was a knife of compassion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. It was. A, he was peacefully was a, wielding his knife. <laughs> it was mostly peacefully it was a wielding. Knife. It was a yeah, compassion knife. Compassion knife. Uh, <laughs> Mike drop. Mike drop. Thank you. Mike drop says they are so entrenched in their cult they don't even realize how ridiculous and absurd they sound and behave to people on the outside. No, they don't. Uh, and they're and they're prevented from knowing that. Echo chambers help them in actually the the censorship of of Twitter and Facebook and the efforts of of the mainstream media to keep them um, isolated from contrary opinions and fall and other narratives that that go against their narrative helps keep them in this little world where there's no one saying you're crazy. There's there's no one saying like maybe get some help. <laughs> there's, there's no one doing that to them because yeah. they're all hanging out together. Okay. Jason M. Thank you, Jason. Jason says the incident, this incident relates to James Lindsay's essay, The Woke Breaking Point, which can help bring social justice ideologues who aren't too far in out of the cult. I don't know if I've read that essay. Have you, Carrie? No, but somebody mentioned it last time. Let's read it before the next one. All right. So, so I know I, I love James Lindsay, let's, but I haven't read that yet. 
Uh, B. Allen, thank you. B. Allen says, uh, thanks for what you do. It's interesting to watch your older shows, see how well you had the left pegged. I'm a cis white male, non-knitting boomer. <laughs> thank you for throwing in the non-knitting. My pronouns are huh awesome. and WTF. Those are great pronouns. I think you should put them in your Twitter, Twitter bio. <laughs> uh, you, by the way, it's not like magic to have the left pegged. They're very obvious about what they are. You just have to listen to what they say and then repeat it to everyone else in words that are sometimes lacking some of the window dressing, but sometimes they're just obvious about it. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you're a bad Marxist. Got it. Why bother? Thank you, why bother? B. Allen, by the way, I want to interrupt. Oh. B. Allen, thank you very much for the super chat, and I don't recognize your name, so if you're new, welcome. Welcome. Why bother gives us a super chat. Thank you. Says, those names remind me of the USSR. People were giving their children weird names, <laughs> like Vladi Vladian? Vladilin, which meant Vladimir Lenin. Oh, yeah. A little that was a little bit more personal like person worship than idea worship. But yeah, I guess you could name your kid I don't know, communista. I don't, I don't know what you would name. Like, uh this is my child. White uh all white people are racist. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that's exactly where they're headed. I'm yeah, totally. I'm shocked I haven't heard of a little kid yet who's been named Black Lives Matter. Oh, just wait. I'm sure it will happen here in the Bay Area. Uh, the Sisyphan Journal, thank you, uh, Sisyphan Journal says, do they shop at only Best Buy because everything you buy there is the best? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> this is, I, that marketing does work on these people, I guess, right? Well, it's Best Buy. It's, it's the best. It reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of that movie, uh, Idiocracy, where they sit around and they argue over like, the, that Gatorade stuff, I forget what it's called, but they're like, but it has what plants need. And they're like, but what's an electrolyte? What plants need? <laughs> it has it. <laughs> like that was their, that was the extent of their ability to uh, figure out what's going on. All right. Reason. Yeah, thank you. Richard Pets. thank you, Richard. He says, hi, Carrie and Carter. <clears throat> Mental health matters, has always mattered. I missed your last live stream, but not this time. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. Mental health does uh, Marie Busby. Hi, Marie. Marie says, Carter, what's the story about your sign? This is an easy one. There's not really much of a story. I wasn't sure what to put on the sign. I'm sick of this mask crap. So it just says free country, but there's a mask on it because I'm just, I'm tired of, this isn't, I, this isn't America. This is not the America that people died on the battlefield to protect. I don't know what the hell we're doing with ourselves, but, uh, 9-11 recently I went on you know rants I guess about about that and now COVID it's just like can we be more European <laughs> like why did we rebel are we just like what's free about our country what makes us special what like do we have some kind of rights that other people don't have because I would like to see them outlined in maybe I don't know a list of 10 that we adhere to I like I just don't I'm kind of sick of this I'm sick of this crap and I don't know. I don't know if it's because I was masking before other people when I thought it was a big deal. And now I'm like extra, really extra sick of it. I'm like, really, I'm really over the mask crap. Um, I hate being told what to do. And we've got yeah. people finding people out there. You know, you've got you've got mayors and governors telling people, telling cops to go out and, and issue fines for people not wearing masks, shutting businesses down. You got our economy just I, you couldn't do a more 
total destruction of the economy than this, especially if your goal is to just kill small businesses and move wealth to large businesses. You could not do a better job than what largely Democrat states have done in by implementing these COVID restrictions. It is unconscionable. You know, we can argue about Marxism all yeah. day. We can argue about socialism being bad. And and people people that don't like Marxism, great. And, you, and you'll rail against the redistribution of wealth, which is a false term anyway, because it was never distributed in the first place, but that's a separate issue. You rail against that. You recognize redistribution of wealth is, is wrong. That's what we're doing. We're literally doing that. I mean, not that we don't do it in other ways anyway, but th this, this COVID shit is just, it's unconscionable and I can't stand it anymore. And I don't, I'm going to lose my, I'm going to lose my sanity. All right. I'm sorry. I'm, Andrew, I'm, oh, wait, I have something to say about that. No, okay. wait. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw, but somebody shared, I can't find it now, but a screenshot of, um, I forget the original poster. It was a blue check mark, but they had said something about how, you know, the U S we shut the economy down for six months. We've forced some people home from work. It's still shut six down months. in many places. Yeah, still in many places, six months. And the government gave people $1,200. And then it said, for just $6 a day, you too can support an American. And then uh, Sarah McLaughlin replied and said, does anybody need theme music for this commercial? Because, <laughs> you know, she does the uh, theme music yeah. for the saving yeah. the animals. I thought that was kind of witty for Sarah McLaughlin. I mean, but it's a good point. We, six months. Six months. And I at the beginning, do you remember how they were telling us? First of all, they were saying this was only going to be two weeks. And then they were very concerned at the beginning. There was a lot more concerned about how are you going to um, you're, you're forcing people. You're taking away their freedoms and their liberties and their right. You're saying you can't go to work and earn a living for your family. You can't. So how are we going to offset that? We're going to give – and there was a big back and forth. It was in the news all the time. How much is the stimulus check going to be for? When are they going to get it? And then they did it once and goodbye, forgotten. Has it been mentioned since? I mean, in a big way? No, because all the protests, look at what's distracted us. Look at I what mean, came in to distract us. This is the other thing that I, like, and I've said this before, but I guess we have new people on the show. These stimulus checks are also wealth transfers from the poor to the wealthy. Like I don't. I don't get how you don't understand that. They are paid for by printing money. They're paid for by borrowing money. That That is a, <laughs> you get your stupid 1200 bucks in the month or, you know, in, in the mail from, who, you know, the treasury. But <clears throat> Bill Gates, as an example, or Bezos, who's made a bunch of money during COVID because everyone has to use Amazon, uh, his living expenses are, I don't know, some tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of his wealth. Tiny, tiny fraction. The person working three jobs, uh, blue-collar jobs, living in an apartment in an inner city, struggling to, to feed their kids, their living expenses are basically all of their wealth. Like, their living expenses are everything they do goes to living expenses. They don't have extra money. So when you print money and end up in the long run because no one talks about it, Increasing the price of everything through inflation, which is what that does, it's to say nothing of the debt burden it puts on your kids. Uh, who gets hurt? Does Bezos give a crap? No. So the cost of bread goes up a little bit for Bezos. What the hell does he care? You know who cares? 
the poor people that supposedly the Democrats care about in in the inner cities or elsewhere in the country. It, it's a it's a regressive <laughs> printing money is kind of it's it's actually technically not a regressive tax, but it's kind of like a regressive tax. Um, so I don't understand why that's just like the government didn't print enough. No, the government shouldn't be printing anything and they shouldn't be stopping people from going to work. You've got to be kidding me. Is this is this the economy? Like we want freedom until there's a, a little virus that's slightly worse than the flu. And then we're going to throw it out the door. And can can we can we suck on the government teat for the rest of our lives? Thank you very much. Oh, I'm a capitalist until there's a tiny little virus that is a little bit a little bit worse than the flu. Then I'm all in for Marxism. Yeah, because I'm a patriot. Tell me what I can and can't do. <sighs> Yeah. Screw you. Tell me what I tell me what I can and can't do, big government. Well, I yeah, come on. I I I just I don't I don't I, I'm sick of it. I don't even want to be around people that are in like I don't want to be in a country with people like this. I don't get it. I like I don't I don't get it. Can I So we were at a restaurant in Santa Fe, New Mexico this weekend and it just cracked me. Now, I don't know. I, Santa Fe I didn't look it up to confirm, but I think that Santa Fe might have a mask required outside policy because everyone was wearing them outside. Oh, it was insane. But this is this cracked me up. Every restaurant we went to, people were sitting around outside with their masks on outside. And then as soon as you go inside, you sit down, you're even closer together than you were outside and you're inside. And now you take your mask off and you eat. And that's cool. And I just, I'm like, are you guys, this is so stupid. Like you, you sheep, you're sitting here. Oh, I've got to keep the mask on. I'm outside. Oh, but now we're inside magic, magic. Now we're eating. Let's take it off. And it was really funny because I don't wear it unless I have to, um, right. or unless I'm in a context where I choose to, because I think it would be b beneficial for someone I'm with, whatever, but I rarely wear them. And so, of course, I'm not wearing it outside, waiting for my table. And um, and then we go in and literally this might be the dumbest thing I've ever had to do in my life. A friend said that recently, uh, uh, but it, it, it then it happened to me. I seriously walked to the table where they're going to take walk inside where they're going to take you to your table. And she said, oh, can you put your mask on? I put the mask on, literally walked six steps to my table and then take the mask off. <laughs> What? What? This is we're adults. We're adults, Carter. Why are people We're not okay adults. We're not adults. We're not. We don't deserve the title. We're not adults. We are <laughs> children. We are children who want daddy government to tell us what to do. That's what we are. And I you know what? I for one don't think that should be called the United States. That's not what America was supposed to be. I, I don't know where the Americans are left i know there's many of them are in chat but like can the americans get together and start our own country because this is bullshit yeah <sighs> okay i'm sorry i'm Super in the chats. same boat with you i'm, <laughs> I'm yeah I'm, I, I'm really frustrated i know i swore really a lot and it wasn't it. yeah and i know it wasn't the most eloquent yeah. rant i'm just my my elephant is triggered right now i'm just really it really pisses okay. me off all right, Andrew Joyner. I, well, Let's I love you, Carter, and we're having a good day. It's a good Monday. It's going to be a good week, and yeah. let's move on to Super Chats. You're right. You're right. Uh, I love you, too. Okay. Andrew Joyner, at least we're not yelling at each other. That's good. We're just yelling. Yeah. We're yelling together. 
<laughs> Andrew Joyner. James Lindsay used quotes from Mein Kampf in one of their fake dissertations. Yes, I remember that in uh, part of the grievance studies. They 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 actually rewrote a bunch. Of, they didn't rewrite, but they just, uh, I think they did word substitution for uh, some Mein Kampf stuff and used some quotes in it. Yep. A Little Skeptic, thank you, Little Skeptic, says, was that a BLM art thing? <laughs> I love that it's a thing. Had a hands up, don't shoot painting. I asked the manager about that being false. He said, yeah, probably, but it's the idea that matters. I know, it is the idea that matters. It's a, it's a horrible idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's an idea not supported by facts. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. They don't care about, you can bring up specific instances of like, well, that, that's not true. That narrative is false. And they don't care because, you know, ultimately their goal is destroy the current system because they're angry. So, you know, it's... They it's like care. arguing with the, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. Okay. Mandy, thank you, Mandy. Oh, Mandy's, let me read this one. Okay. NFL teams that stood during the national anthem, the Saints, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad there are still teams that are standing for our national anthem. I think that is the most insulting thing to, to, to take a knee or to sit down while your national anthem is being played. And I, I don't think the people who engage in it, I don't think it's well thought out. I think it's disrespectful. And I felt that way for a while, even probably even, you know, at the beginning of my tra transition or transformation. Um, that one other quick thing I heard from, uh, Spock's mom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she's in chat. But she was texting me about college football this weekend, and uh, I went to Duke. She said that Duke – not that anybody cares about Duke and football, but <laughs> she said that Duke had uh, changed their helmets to a black D with a black the black power fist inside of it. You guys, that's the Marxist fist. Do you know where that fist comes from? And and I, I was naive. Look, I was one of those social justice feminists who I, – I was seriously considering getting a tattoo of the women's symbol with the fist inside of it. And thankfully, my ex-husband talked me out of that. But – that, that is virtue signaling. Who's like, I don't, even fewer people are going to watch Duke play football now. And then she said, Clemson, Clemson, who pretty much all my family went to. I'm from South Carolina. I have a big heart for Clemson. Clemson did some virtue signaling as well. They put like a black slash, a BLM slash or something on their helmets. So thank you, Mandy. I'm glad to hear about teams that are doing something that I can get behind that I think is honorable because I think there's a lot of them out there now who are just thoughtlessly doing the easy, lazy, thoughtless gesture, you know, without really thinking about what they're doing. They're puppets. They're being used for something they don't quite understand. That's my opinion. Yeah. I don't really care. Look, I mean, this is where I will depart from a lot of conservatives. I don't really care about the national anthem. I don't care if someone wants to stand for it. I don't, I don't like kneeling for it because of some false narrative. Um, and I, so I don't like all the BLM crap and I'm not, but I don't watch sports either. So I don't really care. Um, you know, interestingly enough, sports are this, they're supposed to be this outlet for aggression because we're not at war. Like they, they kind of maintain the war mentality. Uh, like, you know, you can fight in a controlled way and there's strategy and there's physicality involved and, uh, I feel like pretty soon we're going to be in actual war anyway, so I don't know the, how much longer yeah. we'll be paying attention to football. Well, along those lines, I think sports I think sports are it's interesting because it's a way humans are tribal by nature, I think. And the, and so 
it's a way for us to unite and to still get that so like the remnants of that desire to be tribe tribalist to get that out in a way that's um more right. innocuous because it's, it's just channeling sports. that energy yeah right. exactly mm-hmm. you channel that energy like you're saying and so and so for a while sports have functioned to be this place of entertainment and camaraderie and tribalism that's not a dangerous kind of tri- not like a war oh with with some exceptions i know people have gotten attacked in the dodgers parking lot for example like some fans take it too far the tribalism right in the but, uk but, and ireland they like to stab each other over things but right. here in the states less is, so Less so in the states, and so we're getting we're we're getting rid of that, and that concerns me. It, we're getting rid of it, and we're replacing it with a dangerous kind of tribalism. So it's like, well, now we're not coming together as much as Americans or the people who used to do that to get their tribalist things out, to get their their right. jimmies or whatever. They, they would get it through sports, and now how how do you get it? You get it in a in a real way through yep. political division and through some people going out in the streets and attacking people and you know, this, all these riots and stuff. It's, it's, that's concerning to me. Yep. No, I, I agree. And just to be clear, I do stand when I'm in a sports game, like I stand for the anthem. Um, because I, because it, to me, at least it's like the principles of America, even though I don't like what we've become, like, right. I still appreciate the principles and blah, blah, blah. So like, I, I, think- I, I get that. I'm just, I don't have a strong opinion about someone's, you know, protest about it. I, what I don't like is all the virtue signaling, like, uh, BLM crap based on false narratives where, you know, the people who are sitting out now and are taking a knee now, they are doing so to push a false narrative and to bring down all the good things about America and put in Marxism. Yeah. So that's, you know. Yeah. yeah and, to, and to be clear, um, somebody asked me over Twitter recently, oh, what do you think? Do you agree with Trump that burning the flag should be illegal? No, heck no. I don't agree with that. It, it should be legal. <laughs> Uh, I think it's disrespectful, and I think you're gross if you do it. But of course, you should be able to. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I'm for freedom of expression. That doesn't mean I can't criticize the ways in which you choose to exercise your freedom of expression and say, "Hey, I think that's a really gross way," or "I think that's a cool way." Like, so I can have an opinion on it without thinking it should be illegal. You should be able to take a knee. I just think it's really despicable when you do. So that, tw- that and, Twitter and, interaction and, uh, was hilarious to me, Carrie, because he was he was like, "You aren't really liberal. You are never really liberal." For example. You do you? How do you feel about burning the flag? And you're like, well, I think you should be allowed to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm still. Liberal. I don't like it, but it should be legal. And he was, I, I was like, I saw him say that, and I was like, that was a dumb question to ask her. She's that's not going to work out the way you wanted, dude. He did. He was. He just had a lot of assumptions about me that yeah, were totally yeah. wrong. But but the 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 reason I don't like people. Uh, and I choose to, to say I think it's despicable when you take a knee and you don't stand for the anthem and stuff is it go again, it goes back to tribalism. We are tribalists by nature, I think. And so there are very few things that unite us culturally as Americans that that go across tribal bonds of politics or religion or ethnicity or where you live, what state you live in or any. And there's very few of those things that we all um, put kind of a reverence in anymore. And the 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 flag, the national anthem, they're attacking those things for a reason because they want us to be divided. They want us to be at each other's throats. And if there's nothing that culturally unites us as one tribe that supersedes everything else, that's bigger than all the other divisions, then there's nothing to, to look for and say, well, at least we're all this and at least we all respect. You know, people don't have the leftists. They taught me to hate my country. They hate their country. 
Right. So they can't look to someone on the right and say, well, we may disagree completely on policy issues and X, Y, Z, but we're both Americans and we both believe in the, the American values of individualism and equality and free speech and liberty. They, they can't say that. So that's that's another reason. I, I just don't like them tearing apart the only remnants of culture that tie us all together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I was, Carrie, I was... Okay. I was one of those people that... this will Maybe people will get pissed about this, but I... When my daughter was in kindergarten, she was at a private school, and I argued... Then they had to stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance, and I successfully fought and argued that... I did not to get not that no kid should say it, but that she didn't have to say it. Um, and my basis for my argument was actually not anything it stands for, but that she was five and how could she know what she's saying? And to make a kid repeat something that they have no idea what those words mean is indoctrination. And if they want to repeat them later after they understand the words, that's their choice. But um, so like I'm not a I'm not all about like you've got to recite <laughs> you've got to indoctrinate kids to. Pledge of Allegiance and all this crap. Like I, the American, someone in chat wrote, the American flag stands for burning the American flag. It does. It stands for the right to be able to burn the American flag. Absolutely. Um, and for me, context would matter. Uh, I would absolutely burn American flag if I th if it was to make a point about something America abandoning its principles in some way and like in the context of it, like that was the way to express it. Right then, I, I can't think of what that would be, but. It would be a, a plausible thing to do. But that's not why people burn it. People burn it because most of the people that burn the American flag and disgrace the American flag are disgracing all of the good things about America. They don't want they don't want the freedoms. They don't want the things that are good about America. They're they're anti individualism, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the <clears throat> that's the in issue. Uh all right, let's let's do super chats. We can go on forever. Okay. All right. Richard Petz. Yeah, I'm sick of it too. Thank you, Richard. But buckle up. I'm pretty sure it's going to get worse before it gets better. <clears throat> I agree with you, Richard. It is going to yeah. get worse, much worse, before it gets better. Uh, Wastelander, $5. Wastelander says, U.S. District Judge William Strickman IV rules COVID lockdowns are unconstitutional. Oh, cool. I Thank you. That. I did not see that, and I think that judge is right. And if you guys are new to the channel, uh, I'm going to plug an interview we did with a constitutional lawyer. If you're, if it was about COVID and the lockdown. Um, she was oh gosh, banned from Twitter. Uh, she's suspended right now on Twitter, by the way. What's her name? Chris I'm Ann Hall. <clears throat> Chris Ann Hall. Look for our interview with Chris Ann Hall because that was uh, she was brilliant. I did not know she's been suspended, but uh, not surprised anymore about who they suspend. Right. They suspended. Brett Weinstein's Unity Party account. That makes me want to, that makes me more interested about the Unity. Honestly, that's like a, oh, they don't like it. Maybe there's something good there. Um, yeah. Tomsky. Thank you, Tomsky. Yeah. Tomsky says, can we get t-shirts with the Carter double bird flip, please? <laughs> <laughs> I regret uh, it already. Thank you. thank you, Tomsky. I'm already regretting it. <laughs> hey, I'm for it. Uh, Clea, Clea, I hope I'm saying that right. Clea says, for the Blueberry Fund, <laughs> appreciating you from Scotland. Nice rant, Carter. Thank you very much, lady. Uh, I wish I could read that in a Scottish accent. I like the Scottish accent, but I was going to ask you do to it. do it because I figured if any of us could do it, it would be you. I can't, but you could do it. No, I've I'm not really great at accent. I could do the Southern one just because I grew up with it. But uh, Kelly know. Graham gave us a big super chat. Thank you, Kelly. I and I don't recognize your name, so if you're new, welcome. 
She says, maybe you could have Robert Barnes, an attorney on your program, to discuss actual racially charged civil rights violations that he's involved in litigating and why the media, BLM, et cetera, is not interested in those cases. Sorry, this is late. I was driving. No apologies, lady. And I have not heard of Robert Barnes, but that sounds like a that sounds like it would be a very interesting episode. Yeah. I don't know who he is either, but we can find and and reach out to him. Thank you. Robert Barnes. Yep. All right. Uh, Elizabeth. Ninja's got it. Or Beverly. They'll put it in Discord. Uh, spoke with... Uh, thank you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth says, spoke with college student here in Bama. Art history test asked why all Renaissance artists were white. Could they name artists of color? <laughs> why not? Hmm. Well, seeing as how the Renaissance took place in Europe... Uh, uh, these these people are stupid. Look, this reminds me of something I saw over the weekend, which is, well, I saw this last week, but the Academy Awards is now saying they have new, quote, oh, inclusion guidelines for any Best Picture yeah. nominee. So in other words, you now it, – it's not based on merit. It's not based on art anymore. It's not based on what the Best Picture is. You now have to fit – um, gender and racial quotas behind the scenes and on camera. And Babylon B had the most brilliant and funniest take. They did a fake headline that said something to the effect of Academy Awards strips Schindler's list of its best yes. picture award. For lack <laughs> for of not, diversity. Yeah. For lack of diversity. <laughs> and and that's exactly what would happen is you're going to see movies that, that would have otherwise won the, the award not get nominated because they're not diverse enough, and and you're going to see movies like Schindler's List not get made, because they're about a, a time in history that on camera is not going to be diverse enough for their standard standards. It's, it's ridiculous. If you're if you're a fan of the award shows, I think you should go voice your displeasure at this right now. I don't like award shows, but I, I was going to say I kind of like it because I hate the award shows anyway, and I think they've always been political and uh, they've never really been about. I mean. When Lord of the Rings won Best Editing, you know it's not about any actual skill. So really, you don't think that's well edited? It's like three hours. I just can you cut throw some of it on the freaking <laughs> editing floor? Come on, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so I, I it's like I don't know. I, I I just think it's all it's all bullshit anyway. So I, like. You want to undermine your awards that I think are worthless anyway? Great. Go undermine them. I don't think people should pay attention to them. People shouldn't be paying attention to Hollywood. So great. Go undermine yourself. I think I think the uh, I, I don't like award shows either. I think it's a bunch of of narcissists self-congratulating. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> Tax Tara. Thank you, Tax Tara. She says, I loathe all the BLM virtue signaling when it comes to the national anthem and the pledge. I also loathe... The near flag and state worship. Many conservatives do. No excess on either side, please. Right. Because there is a uh, there is a point where people go to um, – there's a difference between having appreciation for America and wanting to respect and defend America because of the principles on which it was founded and what it stands for in relation to other nations, and, and that's fine. There's a difference between that and – just liking America because you're from America. <laughs> like, I'm here. It, it's tribalism. Like, I'm here. And therefore, patriotism. Like, okay, you know what? That's not moral. 
That's not a moral love of America. A moral love for America is one rooted in the, an understanding of what the hell it stands for and why it's different than other nations. That's what matters. Not that, like, you happen to be born in Milwaukee or wherever you are. Like, that's not a thing. That's just my piece of land is good. I mean, you're just yeah. a barbarian if that's your mindset. Although I think that is the mindset of, of some people on the right. Um, not everyone. Not everyone. All right, I think we made it through Super Chats. Um, and mm-hmm. Carrie, I, I kind of don't want to talk about this, but I kind of do want to talk about it. So I feel like we should talk about it. Uh, you, cause we brought up Hollywood. I know we mentioned the stupid cuties document, their cuties movie on Netflix, mm-hmm. but it's been in the news more since we originally talked about it. Um, I have some thoughts. So let's do it. Well, why don't we, why don't we first start by, Getting the Washington Post's thoughts on it, and you can tell us what you think, Gary. <laughs> they say the people freaking out about cuties should try it. They might find a lot to like. Wow. So wow. what do you think, Carrie? Should you try it? No. In fact, I was going to say, I don't think... So I watched one of the questionable scenes of the girls dancing and gyrating. These are supposed to be 11-year-olds. And yes, I'm fully aware some of the actresses are 13, as old as as old as 13. <laughs> Still children, by the way. Um, it was completely sexualized. And I not only – I went into it expecting I would not be triggered. Let me put that – let me say that first. I'm one of those people who believes, again, maybe being a liberal, there's not very much I find off limits in art. And and again, just like with the flag, I can express that I find something disgusting and disturbing and still think, of, of course, they have a right to make that. And then I also think, you know, art's in the eye of the beholder. And there are things that I, you know, I like a lot of dark. My, my I guess my tastes are changing, but I've always in the past anyway, I've liked a lot of dark films, a lot of dark books. I read a lot of horror, you know. I don't know. I like things that other people may find objectionable. So I watched this scene thinking that I was going to find it to be an overreaction and I did not. And, um, and two things, Carter, one was that not only did I feel like the girls, the actresses themselves were being exploited and that they probably, that, you know, they had to do this scene many times. It's not one take probably hundreds of times in front of a director and choreographer and other adult crew a room full of adults, mostly men. a room full of adults, mostly men watching mm-hmm. these girls gyrate in these very adult and sexual four ways. Four got selected. How many did that for auditions for auditions? Yeah. Just think of all the, all the girls that went to auditions, mm-hmm. all the girls that had to sexualize themselves for adults, um, to go into this scene. So that was one thing I was thinking about the girls, but the other thing I was thinking about and, Maybe people are going to have issues with this, but um, I was thinking about the adults who watch this. I don't think it is good for adults to watch stuff like this, and it's not because I've se- I've seen the people on the left say, "Oh, well, conservatives are saying that you know that pedos are going to get off on this," and as if that's a small concern. Yeah, pedos will get off on this. Pedophiles will get off on this. But the other thing is, they try to say that if somehow like. If it's bad for an adult to watch this, if an adult watches this and thinks that it's sexualizing girls, that it's the adult's fault, that it's the adult's problem, that it's not. No, it is sexualizing girls and it's not good to have adults watch things like this. Let me give you an example. When I was young, one of my first boyfriends. 
uh, he, he was pretty sheltered when it came to entertainment. And we went to see the movie Braveheart together and he had to get up and leave the theater because it was too much blood and gore and violence. He wasn't used to seeing it. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said. There have been studies done about how much children in our culture are being um, inured to images that in the past only soldiers, only people in war would have gotten used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not again, not saying these films should be illegal. I think Braveheart's a beautiful film. It's just that we're getting used to seeing certain types of things. And along the same lines, the same boyfriend um, didn't like the movie The Accused. You guys remember that Jodie Foster film? Mm. So she gets raped in the film. and But the way in which it's shot is they sexualize the rape. It's not brutalized as much as it is sexualized. It's both. But an adult male can watch that movie and get t- – Physically, without wanting to, his body can become aroused from watching it because of the way they shoot the scenes and, and, and showing her body in certain ways. And and he wasn't wrong about that. There's nothing wrong with him by for saying, I don't want to watch rape, sexualized rape, because I don't want to get turned on by it. And uh, I don't want to have this, this – what's the word, Carter? Um, Reaction? I don't know. Right, response, response right. but it's a it's a response that happens that you don't have that control over, like sweating when it's hot, right? So he doesn't want to watch that. He didn't want to watch those kind of movies, and that movie in particular, I remember he had a problem with. And later, once I went to college and I started getting indoctrinated, and I was in women's studies, the feminists at the time also they said I remember reading an essay. I can't remember who it was by, but it was a feminist, and they were critiquing the accused for the same reason. They said a lot of times the way that rape is handled on screen is sexualized. And that's not a good thing. They make they make it erotic, and that's not a good thing. The way they which they shoot it, choose to shoot it, and so all of this led me to think it's not good for adult men to be watching movies like this with children who are who are mimicking adult sexual gestures and who are sexualizing themselves like adult women. It's not good for men to watch that. Um, it's not good for anyone to watch that. And and also, where are the feminists? I'm sure they're out there. It's just that in this new social justice kind of feminism, they squash the radical feminists. They've already they been squashed, kicked off of Twitter. They've already they call them turfs. They kick them off Twitter. They don't listen to them. But those feminists are out there. They're just being silenced. But but where are the? I want to hear from those feminists again who who were right about the accused and who were right about certain movies eroticizing rape, um, and and how like I want to hear from them about cuties, because traditional feminists would be opposed to this. And they would have something in common with conservatives on this. Yeah. So well, that's my – thank you I, look, for letting me – No, no. I, I, I completely agree with you. I will preface what I'm about to say by saying I haven't watched shit. I haven't watched a trailer. I haven't watched anything intentionally. I don't – I saw some people that were like, I'm going to watch it and do a review. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I just don't want to. Um but, By the way, Hugh had the right word I was looking for, involuntary. Involuntary okay. response, yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, here's the thing that really really gets me here. They um, So just for those who don't know, I've, I've read reviews of this, right? Supposedly the story is anti-exploitation of, of tweens. It's all about how this is bad and at the end, I, I don't know, they, the girl decides not to, I don't, I don't know, whatever. It's the message is supposedly anti-exploitation. And this is what we're being told by the left. Oh, well, you'll like it because it's anti-exploitation, which is really odd to me because like we're going to do this thing and but then we're going to wrap it in a narrative that says it's bad so that we can do the thing. It's like 
Um, how do I want to say this? Alfred Hitchcock didn't have to use blood and gore to make horror movies. You, you can do the thing without doing the thing. You can make the message without doing the thing. You can have a message about child exploitation, sexual exploitation, and sexualizing young girls. You can make a movie that's compelling about that without doing the thing you're criticizing in the making of the movie. Right. I mean, how many movies at the end are like no animals were harmed in the making of this, blah, blah, blah. Great. You went out of your way to not harm the animal that looked like it was being harmed in the movie or or that the movie alluded to was harmed or whatever it is. Um, and again, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, you can make suspenseful, thrilling uh, horror films that don't show detailed blood and gore and guts and all the, the nitty gritty. You can do that. So you can make a compelling movie about this issue without doing the thing that you're criticizing the only way to, the only reason to do the thing that you're criticizing is because you want to you want to you want to put that in the movie you like it you want to put it there for some reason you chose to do it and hollywood has the pedophilia problem not america you've got your me too movement you've got your roman polanski you've got your associations with jeffrey epstein and yet you choose to lecture the rest of us by producing a movie that blatantly does the thing you're criticizing and then paint it in the patina of like, well, we're criticizing it, so it's okay. We gotta, we have to show people this is wrong. Can we show them how really wrong it is? I really wanna show this particular wrong thing here in detail. And I wanna interview 600 girls to make sure we get the detail right. Hmm. Here's the casting couch. I mean, they are gross, disgusting people in the entertainment industry. Who gave us, who plucked Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus out of their tweens taught them how to twerk and sexualize them and threw them on every television in America for men to watch. Not us. You assholes in Hollywood did that. You did that. This is your problem. Don't, don't take your dysfunction, put it out there, like indulge in it, wrap it in some moral message and pretend you're telling us you gotta do it so that we understand how bad it is. <laughs> We understand how bad it is. You guys don't get it. Knock it off. It, it, yeah. it pisses me off, which is why I'm not going to watch any trailers. I'm not going to watch the thing. And it, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. And it is the, the gall they have to say, well, we need to show people how to be moral by interviewing 600 girls to have them twerk and pick the best four and put them on television. Oh, is that, you have to do that to show us? Do you? You couldn't think of a better way to do it? Yeah. Fuck you. you I'm sorry, Marie Busky. I know you got to put money in the square <sighs> jar, but fuck you, Hollywood. I, uh, I have to say, you made me think of, and I, I can't remember who tweeted this, so I can't give them credit. It's not my analogy, but someone on Twitter gave an analogy of, you know, you don't see a film that's highlighting the problem with animal abuse, abusing animals on screen to show you the problem. Right, like, right. We killed 3,000 like, sheep, but this was the one that filmed the best. So that's yeah. the one we, <laughs> like, no, right. you didn't and do that. And that was a great analogy, I thought, um, because you don't see that because they're actually concerned with it. They'll get you documentary footage of things that have happened, but they're not going to do a fictionalized film where they actually harm animals in the making of the film and, you know, to show you, to let you know how wrong it is. So 
yeah. I, I, I saw, I know we're going to do the super chats and we'll get, and I saw there are people, somebody, at least one who watched it and liked it. And again, it's art. I'm everybody's going to have a different opinion. I just personally, I don't think this is a movie worth watching. I don't think people need to watch it in order to understand that Hollywood sexualizes children and that it's wrong. Um, I think you can grasp that without watching this movie. And I don't think it's good for our adult psyches to watch stuff like this. No one watched this movie and said, oh, I didn't realize we do that as a culture. What an excellent point. We should stop. No one. Right. Zero people on the planet had that reaction. Someone pointed out that it was made in France. Yeah, I'm not, I, when I'm saying Hollywood, I'm using this. I should be just saying the entertainment industry generally. I, I get that it was made in France. But, you know, it was distributed here in, uh, by Netflix, which I'm counting as um, Hollywood's a broad brush that I'm using. I, I'm generally saying the entertainment industry. Um, by the way, can I just mention that since it was made in France? Um, I saw on television one night while we were on this road trip, this French movie and I'm looking for the name of it. I'll find it before the end. But it it's a little known French film. It's black and white. It was made in the 19 early 1950s. And they were showing it on this women or like lesbian in film night thing where they were showing lesbian films. And it was Carter. It, I didn't know what I was watching at first because I turned on the television mid-film. And I'm like, whoa, there's some serious lesbian vibes ha- happening here. This is a really old movie. What is this? And it was between two school teachers. It was at a boarding school and their and her female students, like three or four of the students. And so after the film ended, they had they had contemporary like film critics and so, somebody who was talking about social justice, of course, talking about the patriarchy and whatever, give commentary about this movie and how important it was for lesbian film, this little known old movie from the 50s. Not one of those commentators said, but it's about adults and children. <laughs> like, but but uh, but Milo gets canceled. Yeah. Right. I was like, but you're missing that it was about adults and children. Like I. Okay. Um, actually, one more one more thing about cuties. Then Carrie, I I just have to do this. I just here's what they say. Okay. This is by a guy named Tim Roby, a film critic, in the Telegraph. The headline is cuties Netflix review. A provocative powder keg for an age terrified of child sexuality. Yes. Wow. Yes. We're wow. just an age terrified of child sexuality. That's what's wrong with our age. Thank you so much, Mr. Tim Roby of The Telegraph. I, I just, I don't even know where to start. My daughter, by the way, she didn't watch. She did had zero screen time until I think she was maybe even six. Um... Like we were very anti-screen. Now she watches stuff, uh, but um, I, like there are a lot of parents who, you know, regular Joe six pack and you know whatever, just not thinking about stuff that use television for babysitting, and uh, it's terrifying because this is who you're placing your kids' childcare in the hands of. Um, it's these kind of people, people who think that we're in an age of where uh, the problem with our age is that we're terrified of child sexuality. Like, I, I don't know what you expect your kids to grow up to be like doing this, but, uh, you know, don't come whining to me when they're 16 and pregnant and you've, you don't know how to control them. You sat them down in front of the TV for 16 years. What did you expect? Yeah. (laughs) Little ragamuffin writes Weimar Republic. Yeah, but you know what happened after the Weimar Republic, little ragamuffin? <laughs> That's how we got fascism. So, yay. It's, uh, uh. 
Uh, I was going to point out another thing since that's from the elite journal. The journalists are all telling us we should love this movie, right? Right. And if you if you look at um, the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, that's always a good indication of how how off the elite. That's become a very good indication of how off the elite yes. are. Yes. Our masters. How off our masters are from the people. And the the masters, by the way, they hated Dave Chappelle's. Co- new comedy specials oh they're transphobic they're so sexist and whatever people loved dave chappelle's new comedy specials and so you can go there and kind of get a barometer of what are the elite blue check oh my god i just did thank you yeah so what what are they at rotten tomatoes by the way the audience versus the critics what is it at now well the critics give it an 88 percent, so it's great the audience gives it a three (laughs) percent I don't think well, I've ever seen an audience rating that low on Rotten Tomatoes, to be honest. I'm not making that. I don't think I've ever seen that. So. Yeah. <sighs> but our betters, our betters really think it's a great film and that we were too stupid to understand. Yeah. Well, you know what you should do is take a second mortgage out on your house so that you can send your kid to a university to be, to be taught to think this way so that they can go right for the telegraph. <sighs> he said sarcastically. All right, <laughs> let's do some super jets. Keith the Hack okay. Guy. Hi, Keith. Thank you. Keith says, I love the freedom we got in this country. I appreciate your rights to burn your flag if you want to, but I really appreciate my right to bear arms so I can shoot you if you try to burn mine. <laughs> Johnny Cash, it says. I don't know if he said that, but. Mister, he did. Mr. Johnny Cash awesome. has a lot of great quotes. Um, a great I quote. love Mr. Johnny Cash. That's a great quote. Thank you, Keith. Kent Anufertruck, thank you, Kent. He says, the Oscars are like the South Park episode where they all get high smelling their own farts. Yes, yes. <laughs> and as someone from the Bay Area, that South Park episode is 100% correct about San Francisco. So uh, I love that. That's an old episode, too. They got it right. Um, thank you, Sean. Sean Welch says, not only did Joe Rogan, Rogan move to Texas, he moved to Austin. Be on the lookout, Gary. Get him for a guest. We need some of that 9 million person audience. Yeah, I think actually he should have carry on. What she should do is run into him at the Trader Joe's or the H-E-B, whatever, in Austin and uh, just strike up conversation and be like, hey, I no. heard you do some kind of podcast. You should hey, have me on. in seriousness, no, he's reached out to me once before because he liked my first essay about leaving the cult. But if you guys watch Joe Rogan, um, it always helps if you want to help us get on shows. That helps our viewership if we go elsewhere because then the people with mm-hmm. other audience will see and come check us out. Um, so if you watch him, uh, feel free to recommend us in, in the chat or whatever. Yeah, please do. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw, he, he offered to moderate a debate, a four hour debate between Trump and Biden. And really? Trump said, sure. <laughs> and Biden oddly silent so far on this channel. Um, <laughs> that's sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, to a self-defense law. Thank you to a self-defense law. He says, Robert Barnes is well-spoken. I think he represents some of the Covington Catholic School kid lawsuit. Uh, his nickname is oh. the Infowarsler. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chanel Julio, or Julio, I think Julio. Hairspray and batteries are Biden's favorite pizza toppings. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, aren't his uh, favorite pizza toppings that, uh, what's that drug? The uh, Crap. Nemenda, Nemenda, the anti, uh, anti-dementia drug. Okay. Um, B. Allen. Thank you, B. Allen. 
And another one from Beyond. Last year, Carter predicted the left would try to make pedophilia okay. Did I? Well, again, it wouldn't have take, taken many brain cells to put that one together. But yeah, here we go. Hey, B. Allen, um, you might be interested in watching some Camille Peglia. There's a great discussion between her and Jordan Peterson. And she talks a lot about the fall of empires, the fall of civilizations, and some of the things that you can see happening in cultures before they fall. And it's kind of eye-opening to go and look at that and see which of those things, if any, we're starting to see in our culture. And one of those is a normalization of child sexuality. Uh, I put that in quotes because I, I don't believe children have a sexuality. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, Blackbeard. Thank you, Blackbeard. Blackbeard says, I'm sorry, my wife and I watched it make make up our minds. It was long and boring first and foremost. It seems like the right is grandstanding a little bit. I don't doubt that the right is grandstanding a little bit. Um, but yeah. So I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's probably true. However, uh, what makes me more pissed off than the show is the left's defense of the show. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we're just we're just trying to point this out. You would like it. Like, hey, you're terrified <laughs> of child sexuality. Yeah, I guess I am. Um, <laughs> uh, go read Brave New World. Uh, not not you, Blackbeard. You you have probably. Um, okay. Uh, 2A Self-Defense Law, another one. Thank you. Law. I got this one. He okay. says, fight racism by being a racist. Fight pedophilia by showing little girl stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, it's, we're living in upside down land. We're, it's upside down world. It's You've heard about probably, um, you, you know, you've heard about Orwell a lot more in the past four years because we're living in the age of doublespeak that he so accurately wrote about. And up is down, down is up. Freedom is slavery. War is peace. All of that. Silence is violence. Oh, wait. Sorry. That was real. Racism is anti-racism. Yeah. <laughs> I would nominate Wombat. Thank you, Wombat, and hello. Uh, Wombat says, I would nominate Carter for an Academy Award for this rant, but y'all aren't diverse enough to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. Hey, we are not. Uh, well, you, I get a, I get one oppression point with my lady box. Um, oh, that sounded wrong. My woman, I get to check off the woman box. And Carter, <laughs> Carter is uh, often identifies as a woman during the show, so he gets to speak more than me. I now identify <laughs> as a black trans female because it wasn't really working out. Just identifying as a woman, too many people are doing that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marie Busky, thank you, Marie. Marie says, from one parent to another, a fully endorsed F. You uh, fully endorsed F you Fiverr. And thank you, Marie. Swear jar exception. She 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 uh she's got me covered on the swears because uh, honestly it it is as a parent it's sick it's sick to see. I mean it, I guess it would be sick with as not being a parent. I don't know, uh, but it's certainly sick as a parent. Uh, yeah. All right. I think are we are we done? I yeah. Done. I think I think we're done. Cool. Thank you guys. I I need I feel like I I need to. I don't know. <laughs> go, go do some yoga. <laughs> I don't do yoga, but I hear that it calms you down. Yes. <laughs> From so, the leftists, the liberals say it's good. So, um, one quick thing. 
Yes. I, this is not a super chat, but I'd like to address this because it's a it's a good question. Mm-hmm. He says, um, "How can anyone have such a strong opinion about something that he's never even experienced?" I think he means seen. Uh, you know, me with uh, respect to cuties. Right, right. Uh-huh. He's ranted yeah. about it for longer than it would take to become familiar with the subject matter. Well, let me answer that for you. Uh, we, you will find it, it, go back through our history of videos. We always encourage people to read and be familiar with the things that they're criticizing because cults tell you the opposite. They tell you not to watch and read the things you're And when I was a social justice warrior, for example, there were so many things that were off limits to, you know, I, I held a lot of received opinions about things that were not my own. And so I was told that, you know, Stephen Crowder's evil racist, Milo's an evil racist, Ben Shapiro's an evil racist. There, I held all these opinions that I had never listened to their um, lectures or read their books or articles or um, knew, knew really – I didn't have any firsthand experience with any of their material. So – uh, so I definitely encourage people, and we even say on the show, like you know, if you're going to criticize something, it, the be- the more informed you are about it, the better. On the other hand, I also think there are things that you don't need to experience, you don't need to read firsthand to have to develop an informed opinion about if you get enough information from other sources. And uh, I think there are some things that are damaging, as I I hope I made clear in my opinion about this movie that I think are damaging to people to expose themselves to. I don't need to watch child porn to have an opinion that sexualizing children is bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't need to just experience it and then see what I think. Right. A kid doesn't need to try heroin to make up an opinion on whether doing heroin is good or bad. There are certain things that we've received wisdom from other people about enough that you shouldn't have to. Now, in my case, in some ways, I had to learn a lot of things the hard way that I shouldn't have learned the hard way. You know, there were things that I did that I tried that I felt like I had to learn and figure this out. I was searching for truth and meaning for a long time in my life. And I, um, people have heard me say before, when I finally found God, I was sort of like, wait a minute, Jesus gave me all this wisdom that if I had just listened to this, (laughs) I would have had to find this out the hard way. And, um, but I think, I think there are things you don't have to, you don't have to harm yourself in order to learn certain things. And so child porn, yeah, I don't need to watch it to know. I think it's wrong. And actually porn in general, I think if you look at statistics and data, watching a lot of porn is not healthy for people. And this is coming from someone who used to be in the sex positive feminist community who watched porn and everything, you know, but if you read the studies about it, it, it makes it harder for men to have. And I know there are viewers in our audience who've talked about this before. It makes it harder for men to have intimate relationships with the actual real life human women in their lives. When you have a porn addiction, you're looking for harder and harder stuff until you get to this point where you're, it's hard for you to get turned on with an actual woman in front of you. It's got damaging effects, guys. (laughs) And just because I think it should be legal doesn't – I'm talking about porn with adults. It doesn't mean that I think that it's good for people or that you need to watch it. Um, So that's kind of a rambling – I don't know if I made my opinion clear, but I tried to. I would like to defend myself. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. I do agree with you. I think it's a logical fallacy to say, oh, you you can't have an opinion on this thing without having experienced it. That's clearly false Um, like or without having like – you know, you can't say – well, how do you know you don't like snuff films? Well, I'm opposed to murder, and I don't think filming the murder <laughs> and watching it is good, and I can rant about it. Um, now, I did not, so there's 
the main reason that I'm not watching it, I mean, I'm not super worried about being damaged by it because I'm not, it's not going to, if I were to watch it, it wouldn't be over and over and over again. So fine. I don't really want those images in my head. Um, but uh, I also just don't want to support it in any way. I don't want to give the trailer one extra click. I don't want to give the, <laughs> I don't want to have Netflix see that another person watched it. I don't, I don't want to support it in any way. Um, and my criticisms of it, so I read reviews by both sides of this, and my criticisms were based on consensus. There is consensus by both sides about the nature of the scenes that were in this movie and, there, and with respect to the sexualization of the little girls. So I am operating off of a consensus that from all the other people that have watched it have described what's going on in these scenes, and they, they all, both sides have a consensus that it's a sexualization of young girls and that these scenes are inappropriate. One side said these scenes are justified because of the overall message, and, and after all, we're just terrified of child sexuality, and the other side is screaming that they're not justified. My criticism is based on that consensus. The only possible way, now you can troll all you want and say, well, you haven't seen it, blah, 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 blah. If you want that troll to be effective, what you have to do is point out somewhere in which I am wrong about that characterization of that scene. If you are going to say, well, actually, the, those scenes aren't exploited, they're, they're not sexualization of girls. Oh, okay, make that case. But literally no one has made that case. No one has made the case that those are not sexualizing young girls. No one. That's the point of the movie. The producer makes that case. All the people supporting the movie make that case. So my argument stands based on that. I think Carrie is muted, but intentionally muted. Okay, let's do some more Super Chats. Uh, Brendan McWalters, thank you, Brendan. Brendan says, Cuties is the logical extension of the insane gender roles outlined by Douglas Murray and Madness of Crowds, i.e. girls are supposed to be able to do whatever they want without consequence or it's sexist. Yes, that's exactly true. Um, that is exactly true. Um, uh, uh, that's just the guy who asked, he says, I'm not trolling. I don't think you're trolling. That's why I read okay, your whatever. question, even though, it, even, no, no, I, I know, but I'm just saying, even though it's not a super chat, I read it because I think it's a good question. And I think we tried to answer as best we can. I don't think, I think it's a good question because I do believe in knowing what you're talking about when you talk about it. And so the question being, what's the difference between saying you should read, right. Uh, something that Ben Shapiro's written before you write him off versus you need to watch this movie in order to have an opinion about it. Uh, I think Carter answered that pretty well. And if you if you want to make a, if your argument is that it doesn't sexualize children, make that argument effectively, and maybe you'll change his mind about needing to watch it. But nobody's made that right. argument. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go watch. The, if if someone makes a, an argument that convinces me that uh, the trailer actually isn't sex sexualizing young women or like convinces me that that's in debate, which I haven't seen that debated at all. Then I need to go make my opinion about it, make up my mind if I want to continue talking about it. But And Carter's also, I mean, we're friends. We're not just co-hosts. And I watched one of the objectionable scenes and I don't think my male friend should watch this scene. There you go. So there's an opinion that of someone he trusts is giving him. There you go. I, I think it will just make me really, really angry because I'm the father of a young girl. Um, and I think it will make me livid. And I'm already angry enough. Someone was telling me to do squats earlier. Yes, I've got pent up anger right now. So I don't think I need more. Blackbeard, thank you, Blackbeard. Not trying to defend the movie, by the way. I think both sides are bastardizing it to make points that aren't even in the movie. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I didn't. I wasn't trying to say that you were trying to defend the movie. Um, thank you. 
Sebastian Servus. Thank you, Sebastian. Sebastian says, Satan's lawyer. Satan's lawyer. Okay. CP production illegal. A child porn, probably. Production illegal. Victims decide whether to commercialize or ban the material once they reach the majority of age and go to therapy. Substitute good for potential abusers created less child abuse. Um... Oh, I see. So after they're adults, they could decide whether or not the material gets released. Uh, I mean, it, it shouldn't exist in the first place. I'm not sure that I like. I'm not sure that I agree with that. But okay, Carrie, are you muted intentionally? Yeah, he's saying this is what Satan's lawyer would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I don't know why. Yeah, Satan, yeah I'm like. Yeah. Why? It took us a while to understand that one, but I get it. Like, and why is that you. an argument? I was not understanding why anyone would make that argument. Satan's but I guess if it's Satan's lawyer, I guess that's why yeah. they would make that argument. Okay. Why bother? Why, Thank you. Why bother? I've got it. Why bother says, I literally almost puked just reading about the movie and seeing a couple of screenshots. I would say that I've, ex I've experienced it enough. Yeah. I don't have a problem when people feel that way because I've watched, I feel like, you know, the scene I saw, I experienced it enough and I, I was revolted. So. Yeah. Oh, Satan's lawyer, I think they meant devil's advocate. So it is a position that's being thrown out to consider. Oh, uh, oh I see. Okay, that makes sense. Michael Ray. Uh, Michael Ray. Michael Ray, thank you. He says, look up the screensaver monologue from The Incredibles 2. It's quite insightful about the dangers of too much screen time. Uh, oh, okay. I, 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 I saw that, that movie, but I don't remember that particular monologue. Um, the G. Schultz. You want to do the G. Schultz? Um, yeah, let's see. Where is that? Oh, I don't see it, so you do it. It says, I saw the Cuties movie. I was on the hate train before after watching it. I remember the more impressive for age acting of the lead character. I've heard that the message is positive overall. I That's still great. don't believe that the sexualization was necessary to portray, but uh, I do hear that the message was positive. <sighs> All right, we're through Super Chats. I'm going to stop talking about Cuties. Um, Carrie, I feel like we, I need to, uh, there's a mea culpa, not a mea culpa. I need to take responsibility for something. And I, I'm not responsible for all anarchists or alleged anarchists, nor am I responsible for libertarians, nor those who are in New Hampshire. However, uh, I feel like since I've talked about New Hampshire and have said that I'm an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, we need to we need to address the craziness that has recently happened, and I put this person on our cover just because uh, I guess I wanted to. I don't know. This person, this person's name is Aria DeMezzo. Aria DeMezzo. Aria DeMezzo is running for sheriff. Cheshire County Sheriff in New Hampshire. Aria just won the GOP nomination. I think she ran uncontested. Um, she is the high priestess of the Reformed Satanic Church, a trans woman, and a anarchist with the line crossed out, a now Republican. Uh, she is definitely not a socially progressive I think it means progressive, libertarian, hijacking the Republican Party. 
the reason I want to bring this up is this is why I kind of give a wide berth to the libertarians generally. <laughs> um, the libertarian movement attracts a lot of hedonists and people who are just like they want no laws prohibiting anything because they want to do all those things, not because they believe it's wrong to impede people's freedom, but because they think it's great. Um, and so I think this is the example of like a, this person appears to be like a social justice -y, um, radical trans libertarian type person. Uh, and certainly if that's what the Free State Project has in mind in New Hampshire, that makes it less attractive for those of us who care about uh, saving Western civilization. I'll say that. But I, I feel like I need to address it because someone's going to bring it up. Um, so, yes, not a big fan of Arya DeMezzo. Uh, she wants a um, an immigrant sanctuary. That she says the county already has a sanctuary for immigrants, and she stands in, port, in support of it, but it doesn't go far enough. Um so, yeah, this is why not to be a libertarian. Libertarianism doesn't stand for anything. It's just, it's just people who are like, freedom, but not any, like, morals. Just freedom. Uh, that's not really. That's One not day really we're going to do more. a video because for clueless people like me, when I try to describe you, Carter, to new people, I often say he's sort of a libertarian. Because that's easier for them to understand, understand what I mean. And so one day, not today, but we're going to do uh, a video where you describe the difference between libertarianism and anarcho-capitalism. But not today. Well, I can do it in one sentence. <laughs> what? It's Anarcho-capitalism is the mathematical limit when the tenets of libertarianism are taken to their logical conclusion. Okay. The end. Um, <laughs> Anarcho-capitalism, though, isn't just anarchy. A lot of people who call themselves anarchists, um, like, I've said this before, and this is not to differentiate between the two, because I just want to make this clear. Because Carrie just said something very similar. Just because I don't think there should be a law against it doesn't mean I think it's a good idea to do it. <laughs> like, do I think heroin should be legal? Yes. Do I think you should inject heroin into your veins? Absolutely not. No, you should not do that. You shouldn't tell your kids to do it. You should have social mores that prevent it, that prohibit it. You should ostracize people who do it. You should try and get help to people who do it. You should do everything you can to make that not part of society. It doesn't need to be illegal. You don't need to shoot people who do it. It doesn't need to be enforced at gunpoint. That's the difference. That's the difference. Ugh. Anyway. Okay. I, I'm sorry for talking about the, the, the Satanist church lady. I just. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, we have a few more super chats and I want to read this one. This is the G Schultz gave us another one. Thank you. G okay. Schultz and says, it's interesting. Remember the Amaldivar movies, especially uh, bad education. We aren't so edgy these days. You know, that I don't that's know an interesting. Movies. I do. And I used to love Pedro Amaldivar movies and I haven't, I probably haven't. It's been probably 15 or years or so since I've seen some of them. So I would like to watch them now and see what I think about them now. And if I still feel the same way, I don't know. But thank you for that super chat because you're making me question what I would think of them now. 
Mm. Um, VP gave us $10 and just says XOXO. Thank you very much, VP. And, uh, and then we, the G Schultz again says Carter doesn't like to dance, but may clog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a confession to make about the dancing. What? Cause I don't like to dance and I don't ever want, I don't really ever feel like I want to dance, but I did learn, my wife learned this the other day. We both, she doesn't like to dance either. What? This is going to sound silly, but some Russian punk, like Russian punk music does make me kind of like Gogol Bordello. When I'm in the right mood, some Gogol Bordello does make me want to jump around the kitchen a little bit. So Okay, see, that's uh, what I was trying to ask you last time we talked about dancing and you said you don't. I said, isn't there something that makes you want to touch I hadn't paid attention just, to it, and that's when I, that's why I noticed it. I was like, hey, wait a minute. This I just makes can't imagine not. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. I'm happy to know this about you because I can't imagine there being no kind of music that makes somebody want to move along, move with the beat and which is dancing, but to, you know, tap your foot or whatever. For me, uh, Irish folk music always gets me Irish music. And like we talked about the pop country band, Alabama, Alabama, which brings a lot of the fiddle, the bluegrass, the bluegrass, bluegrass kind of came from has a lot of Irish influence. So it gets you moving. And anyway, this is, I don't know. I, we, we don't reason, I just love crazy Russians <laughs> and like hearing the crazy Russians scream. I just feel like I should be running around with like an open bottle of vodka. Like, ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> but well, when we do our unsafe space retreat, which you guys are all welcome, we're going to be doing something next year. We got to figure it out. Um, we were supposed to do it this year and then COVID happened. But when we do that, we're going to have dancing. All right. We're going to go. It'll to... have to be Gogo Berdella. So there we go. Okay. Well, we'll do both. Um, by the way, I, this isn't a super chat either, but I do want to address it. Someone says, um, what is wrong with your point, Carter? What is wrong with your point is that the Christian church was the moral glue in a society without tons of laws. Without that moral glue, the government steps in with laws. I think you misunderstand my point. That has nothing to do with my point. That's not a wrong thing about my point. I agree with everything you just said. It doesn't have anything to do with my point. Okay. Um <laughs> Uh, Super Chat Marie Busky says, Swear Jar Wine Fund. Thank uh, you, Marie. Damn. Did I swear And again? we should probably, we're, we're winding down, guys. So if you just tuned in, yes, we're talking about nonsense now. Kind you made of. it to the nonsense portion of the show. Uh, Oud Guitar, $5. Thank you, Oud, says, as a father of a daughter, what if people were equally outraged as much by the fact that sexualized clothing is being made for girls' sizes in the first place? Yeah, I agree. I've noticed that. Yeah. I don't remember um, as much sexualized clothing when I was young. I think it's definitely increased. And just sexualized phrases and stuff, too. Uh, I think I've, I've gotten – you see a lot more of that for kids' clothing than you used to. Mm-hmm. You know, with like like with yoga pants, which you talked about in the last episode, yoga pants, how women get the pants with the words on the butt. So you're looking at the butt, you know, oh, and yeah. they, they make those for kids now. And so it's like, but uh, but why are you doing that? <laughs> That's you yeah. don't want the eyes going. There. Anyway, Carter's also a Russian bot. We need the hat. That's from Tax Tara. Thank you, Tax Tara. <laughs> See, uh, I am a Russian bot. That's how I get activated. <laughs> Russian music. <laughs> Um, by the way, I do want to mention this, uh, you know how the Bay area is always full of great ideas. Uh, we're now pushing, we've pushed this a few times. We're now pushing for, uh, the voting age to be 16 because, uh, it turns out if you vote early, 
and get in the habit early, you keep voting. And what we really need is more people voting, like, instead of being indoctrinated first, you can vote from the indoctrination camp directly. So 18, you're already out of high school indoctrination. If we start voting yeah. while you're in, it it definitely, we can get Marxism pushed through much more quickly. So I understand, I understand. It's a great argument. Uh, uh, why bother? Why bother? Says the only dance I like is a mosh pit on a heavy metal gig. <laughs> Thank you. Why bother? Uh, little ragamuffin, little ragamuffin. Hello, Jennifer says, uh, super chat just to make sure you read more super chats. I think she's trying to get us to stick around and also freedom. Yes. A <laughs> uh, little ragamuffin for those who don't know, I'm going to plug another episode. We did an interview with her, which you can find, um, on our channel and she has her own shop. So does Marie Buskey, who's been chatting. Marie Buskey, um, we did an interview with her about skeins, yarns in New Zealand. And with Little Ragamuffin, we did one about her sewing shop. Um, and both have been attacked by the social justice cancel culture mob and both have survived and flourished. So if you are a small business owner or if you're just curious about how somebody survives being targeted like that, I would check out either of those interviews. I told Little Ragamuffin once that she made me think of William Wallace in Braveheart. So that's what she's oh. saying. Freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's why she's yelling freedom. Yeah. Did you, by the way, um, did you see, uh, did you see the anonymous, I guess it was anonymous person, so I don't know if it's true, but the mainstream media does this all the time anyway. Um, did you see the anonymous person on 4chan talking about having worked for the Biden campaign? No. It's kind of cool. Well, not cool. It's kind of everything that we thought uh, in terms what? of like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether to trust it because it's an anonymous source. And if I were the New York Times, I would totally just tell you that it was fact. But um, it's just an anonymous source. Here, wait, hold on. Let me find Let me find it. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I worked for the Biden campaign. Right? So he says, I worked as a low-level staffer for the Biden campaign in Philly. From July to the end of August, I'm more of a Bernie guy, but I thought I'd do whatever I could to defeat Trump, so I joined up. Eventually, I became disgusted with what was going on. I had to leave. Uh, juicier bits um, are things my coworkers told me, so take those with a grain of salt. Okay, one, the whole campaign is extremely paranoid to get out leaks getting hacked. Well, that, that I believe. That's just generally true about campaigns and especially the Democrats. Um, if I were to push the email chains I got, you'd see a thousand messengers saying, please see me or meetings at 10. No one wants another DNC hack situation, right? So no one puts any information in emails or text. That I think, that I believe because, uh, that I totally believe because that's how that's how organizations respond to hacks. Um, all of the, Two, all the Bernie bros joking about being another Seth Rich. That's a little bit disturbing. Uh, with the paranoid atmosphere, yeah. some of us would make comments about being like Seth Rich. Uh, great. So, and then let's see three, there are people whose job it is to digitally de-age Biden for political ads that I also agree with. I mean, I believe like that's normal. If you saw a recent speech, Joe did, he looked like a mummy, then saw snippets of the same speech. You might have noticed he looked a lot better. That's because they contracted VFX artists from California to de-age him. Normally I wouldn't begrudge them this. I'm sure all campaigns try and make their candidates look good, but considering what they're really covering up, which is number four. Joe Biden is in the early stages of dementia and is on medication for it. This is the big one and the one I have the least direct experience with, but it's been an open secret from some time. 
Anyone who has a relative with Alzheimer's or dementia can tell you there are good days and bad days. On the good days when Joe is at his most lucid, his campaign manager, Jen, will send him out for photo ops or TV interviews, make hay while the sun is shining, you know? On the bad days, Jen just tells the press pool, no Joe today, and they're all like, okay, cool. Most of the time, he's just a little foggy and gets really agitated. But one of my coworkers told me that back in May, there was a day when he thought he was running against Gary Hart in 84 primary again. Joe went under wraps for several days after that. He's been more lucid <sighs> wow. recently because his physician put him on Nemenda. Jen apparently was worried about someone finding out about it because she insisted that he prescribe it under a series of phony names and then have the interns pick it up. I bet there are lots of pharmac pharmacists in Philly wondering why there are so many young people on Nemenda. Um, and the five, wow. the dementia medication has unfortunate side effects. There's no dancing around this. The medication has made Joe incontinent. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to look, it might all be fault. I don't want to, I don't want to push this, but, um, we all have been wondering about Biden's mental stability. And the reason that this kind of thing works, even if it's made up, even if this is totally made up, the reason that people are going to buy it is because when you look at Biden and you listen to Biden and you see him speak, you think to yourself, yeah, this is totally plausible. I, I, this, he, this totally believable. I, I, this fits what I would expect. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And as I said earlier, we'll see. I would love for Biden to say, sure, Joe Rogan, I'll debate Trump with you for four hours. He can't. I don't think he's going to do that. He can't. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. We have That's one more super chat, and oh. then we might have to go. All right. Banger all right. Prophecy. Go. Thank you, Banger Prophecy says, I watched Cuties. It's a very average indie coming-of-age flick with hypersexualized scenes of children. And the metamoral context excuses nothing. All right. Thank you for giving us your perspective. I mean, I'm liking to – I'm enjoying hearing from the people who have watched it, and we've had some different opinions on it. So thank you. And again, yeah. I, I've seen enough of it. I saw a clip. That's all I want to see. Yeah. And I don't really want to talk uh, about it anymore. I just It was something I wanted yeah. to address because it was in the news. Um. <laughs> uh, Tommy, Wait, we have to do the one more Tommy, super chat. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Tommy says, gives us 20 bucks. Thank you, Tommy. And says, anonymous sources tell me you are both awesome. <laughs> Best of luck. God bless. Fake news. Thanks. Fake news, Tommy. How dare you? People say, that, isn't that what Trump always says? People say. People say. People say I'm great. Awesome. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying it, but people say it. The people that I ordered people to say, say it said it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> All right. Well. This was a good, this is a, a random show, but I think we can, can wrap it up. Something? Oh, yeah. Can I show you something random? Can you see this? Does that show up? Yes, it does show up. What is it? Is it a female version so, of Trump? I, now yes! we're just looking at the hair. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, I was at a restaurant the other night in Santa Fe and Put I saw up. this on the wall. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I, I couldn't stop looking down, at it. It, down. it. it was facing me and I was like, wait a minute, this is what. Trump would look like as a woman if he lost a go. lot of weight. Yeah. But then my boyfriend said it also looks like Christopher Walken if he were a woman. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> but I, th I thought it was really funny. And, uh, and then I started thinking about, again, what we've talked about, a big troll for Trump would be if he ran as a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so this could be Donna Trump. We're like, I, and, the, and the ad would say, like, I know you hate Trump, but have you seen Donna Trump? <laughs> and then hashtag I'm with her. And he just changes to, sorry, that I've, I can see now that, that I wasn't showing you guys. I wasn't 
You saw part of it. Frame, we we saw it. We, we eventually got it. We eventually got it. <laughs> yeah, you eventually got it. But anyway, uh, I just thought that would be funny. If he came out as a woman, he would explode so many heads. Donna Trump, hashtag I'm with her. <laughs> <laughs> I do think he should do that. I, I totally I totally want him to do that. I think it would be great. Um, so, yeah. Um, by the way, someone said my, my brain is incontinent today. You know what? My father used to use this phrase all the time because I was talkative as a kid, believe it or not. I mean, uh, <laughs> he used to say, you have diarrhea of the mouth which I always thought was very gross, but I get it. I get it. Sometimes I just can't shut up. Um, but I can shut up now, except for one more super chat. Kelly Graham, who gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, uh, Says, how would I reach out to you with information about Robert Barnes? I'm limited to 250 characters on super chat. An email will be great. Speak at unsafespace.com. And uh, there you go. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Um, oh, and then we have a final one, one from more, Why one Bother. More. He says it also looks like Elon Musk. That's funny. I'm oh, did you see? So did you see it. the Elon tweet? I I have a love hate relationship with him because sometimes I don't like stuff he does, and sometimes I really do. But um, Robert Reich uh, made some comment about how when COVID hit, Tesla gave employees a ten percent cut in salary. But Tesla stock's been up 400% or some ridiculous amount since then. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I think it's like 400%, something ridiculous. Um, Elon Musk is a modern day robber baron, which, by the way, robber baron was a derogatory term. Like, you could just say captain of industry, but we know what you think, Robert Reich, the horrible Keynesian. Um, so Elon Musk is a modern day robber baron. And Elon just replied to him. All my employees have stock, so their stock went up commensurate with mine. You're a modern day moron. And those are the <laughs> moments when I like Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> thank you yeah. for thank you for that, Elon Musk. Um, all right. Okay. Now we can go. Thank you guys for joining us again. If you want to support us, um, you can like the video you can share you, you can subscribe on youtube you can follow us on twitter or instagram unsafe space we have a facebook page we have a facebook group for the book club if you want to be in the book club it's free we do um a book every month ish you can go to our book club page at unsafespace.com to find out what we're currently reading and how to join and then if you want to support us financially you can go to the donate page at unsafespace.com or you can go to subscribe star and we have a monthly goal there we're trying to hit now um, so thank you again for joining us. We'll see yep. you soon. We've got, we still, we still have a lot of content in the can, some from the MythCon, um, conference and other videos we've recorded since then. So we have other, I'm very excited about some of the interviews coming out and yeah, can't I'm, wait for you guys to see I'm it. frustrated at how many we have that are still in the can, but they're coming, they're yep. coming as fast as we can. I promise. So, uh, thanks for right. joining guys. Thanks. Bye, have a good Carter. day everyone. Bye. Have a good Monday, Carter. You too. <laughs> Later. Oh, bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. 
See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 98.5% chance that these individuals are on the wrong side of history. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Why choose between liberty and security when you can give up both? Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.